of course they didn't ask about positive results. Steve, the, whoever was writing this, was much more interested in negative outcomes. They weren't really interested in positive outcomes. And yet we all know that there are many positive outcomes from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those, LinkedIn, etc. Because mostly people do share positive things or they share factual things. This week, a new study suggests that Twitter is dangerous for your marriage. But before you tweet that out, Dr. Noelle Nelson and I have a few nits to pick with this data. Stay tuned. Are you a marriage expert looking to reach more couples? Now you can get listed on Hitch for just $1. Our listings appear throughout the website right next to the articles that are read by hundreds of thousands of married folks. You get to post a small image, a short description, and most importantly, a link back to your site. Visit hitchedmag.com, click the directory link, and get listed today for just $1. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of hitchedmag.com, and I am once again joined with the fan favorite, Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Uh, Noelle is a relationship expert, a popular speaker, an author, um, and uh, as as you know, probably the smartest person I know. Noelle, uh, I'm excited to break down this new study that came out um, called. The title of the study is The Third Wheel, The Impact of Twitter Use on Relationship, Infidelity, and Divorce, uh, coming out of the University of Missouri. That's right, Missouri. I'm putting you on point. Um, <laughs> as you can tell, I'm fired up this morning, Noel. Uh, and so anyways, this study essentially um, breaks down the negative effects uh, – let me rephrase that – it makes a connection that using Twitter uh, ruins relationships. That's really what it gets at. Um, and so I guess the first question I have for you, Noel, is uh, – and, and we'll get into the reasons as to why you believe this in a minute. But do you think that Twitter is ruining our relationships? And I'm going to give you a strange answer. It depends. Okay. In other words, it's like anything else in life. Does a glass of wine with dinner ruin your health? Well, it depends. Is it one glass of wine or is it two bottles? I thought you were going to say, how good is the wine? <laughs> there is that. <laughs> but in other words, is Twitter ruining our relationships? Sometimes yes, but mostly no. Mostly Twitter is a wonderful connector between people. It depends as anything else in life on how it's used. Mm -hmm. uh, now, at, at its core, uh, the study seems to suggest that if you use Twitter a lot, your relationship is in trouble. Uh, you say that's true of anything that you do that excludes your partner. Would you care to elaborate, please? I certainly would. Because, you know, Steve, we've been over this ground when it comes to hobbies, for example, right? I mean, this is no different than someone getting into jogging and their spouse isn't into it. And they're, they're spending like every free moment jogging or they're uh, blogging about it or they're reading blogs about it or they're watching TV shows about it or they're talking to fellow runners all the time. Well, the non-runner spouse is not exactly going to appreciate all the attention that the runner is giving to the hobby because it's excluding the non-runner. 
And it really doesn't matter what you're talking about, Steve, whether it's fantasy sports or making your kids the only and paramount priority to where you forget to devote time to your marriage. Anything that excludes your spouse and that demands a great deal of your attention is either going to create distance between the spouses or create conflict. And one way or another, you lose. So the whole Twitter thing is studying basically people who are, pardon me, on it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like asking, and do you have a spouse? Why? Well, I, you know, I would say that that's – I feel like that's just one of the issues with this study um, because it um, – I felt like it – like because I went through and I read the study and, and it also felt like it was biased um, based on just some of the questions that it asked. And and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But um, – you know, for for example, one of the things that the study does is it specifically excludes participants uh, whose partner or spouse did not have a Twitter account, um, and so therefore, um, people who weren't on Twitter weren't included, or where both participants uh, weren't included. Uh, so, if for example, if one person's on Twitter and the other person is not, and they fight or they have um, some relationship issue going on. Uh, it seemed to me that if Twitter can't be the cause because you're both not on it, then you weren't included in the study. Um, so, but here's the thing with that, Steve, <laughs> is that Twitter can still be the cause, a cause of conflict if one person is obsessing over it and the other doesn't even know what the heck they're talking about. So it's it's fallacious, it's false on either premise. Exactly, words, saying that. Yeah, saying that just because both people have a Twitter account that is automatically the source of their marital difficulties is mm, expletive deleted. Yes. And it has to do with horses or, or bulls. Yeah. Um, in, in, in other words, that, that's, that's not looking at, well, what are all the other potential co- sources of conflict? Because, you know, two people could also have bathrobes. Does the fact that they both have bathrobes mean that that's the source of their conflict. That's sort of idiotic. And so just because two people have Twitter or Facebook or anything does not mean that that's necessarily the source of their conflict. You have to look way beyond. And that I guess that was the thing that I felt like they didn't do themselves a service because they don't really know what the answers are because they're asking the wrong like, well, I was going to say they're asking the wrong questions, which they're doing that too. <laughs> um, but the more important point is that they're not there. It seems to me that this research started out as you're not supposed to do as a scientist, and this I can speak from yeah. experience having, you know, being one, is that you're not supposed to start out with a predetermined answer. And basically, it feels to me that. You know, God bless the guy or gal who wanted to do this research. I think all research is important, but it's you're you're biasing your own results if you start out with a thought like well you know what i think twitter must be the source of conflict because then you you sort of narrow your focus and you don't look at well i may think that and that's fine all studies start off with an i may think that but then you have to say okay but i got to take into consideration what might be other factors does the mother-in-law live with them do they have five kids? Are they on the big brink of bankruptcy? I mean, you, you, you need to look at what we call SES, the social economic factors. You can't just look at one because automatically your study is skewed. Mm-hmm. And yes, and as a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw this or not, but this was actually um, expanding upon earlier research that tackled Facebook 
and how that social network can be harmful to relationships. And, you know, I want to say that I'm not suggesting that these things can't, as you pointed out, it's not like these things can't become an issue. Um, but their, their whole synopsis was, uh, Using Twitter will ruin your relationship. That was really what it kind of boiled down to. And as we know, when a study like that then gets out into the wild, the headlines that are then shaped from that uh, get even more out of whack with what is reality. And you'll start seeing headlines that say something like Twitter ruins marriages. You know, use Twitter and you will divorce. I mean, it just gets, right. it just goes down this rabbit hole. Um, right. I did mention that um, I felt like they were also asking the wrong questions, and I don't – part of it is I do – I don't know if the questions that they were asking were so wrong, but it was also what they weren't asking I think that I had a problem with. So they asked things that I felt were, um, again, trying to prove um, their thesis with the questions that they were asking. Uh, such and and there were just there were just loaded questions I felt. So have you emotionally cheated on your significant other with someone you have connected or reconnected with on Twitter? Okay, I guess that's a fair question to ask. But the problem that I had is um, it didn't ask anything on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, so for example, it didn't ask you know have you stayed in touch with your spouse? Uh, more because you were both on Twitter or have you ever felt good about your spouse or felt pride or expressed love or any of those things? Um, and so I, I, I felt like it was doing a disservice. And this whole thought of have you emotionally cheated on your significant other with someone you connected or reconnected with on Twitter, it would – like of course you're going to get people who say yes. I mean – I mean, give a big enough sample size, and and you know, if you go into a Kentucky Fried Chicken and ask the the workers there, have you ever emotionally cheated with someone uh, that they worked with? You will get yes answers. And according to this study, how they did it, um, their uh, the result they would come up with was well, frying chicken leads to emotional cheating. Um, I mean, why do you think they didn't include any of those positive outcomes? And, and what are your well, let's, thoughts on the questions that were asked? Let, let's take it back one step, which is let me start with the questions, as, the question as it was asked and the difference between this and an unbiased study. And actually, we're very familiar, all of us, are, you know, your listeners, all of us are very familiar with this because we see it all the time on um, that the surveys that you get when you've uh, bought something online from a merchant you hadn't bought from before. Yes. And they have that little box that says, how did you hear about us? And then you have a list of choices, a friend, <laughs> family, online, magazine, other, you know, yeah. and there's usually more choices than that. Well, frankly, an unbiased question would have been, have you ever emotionally cheated on your significant other? Period. <laughs> then the answer is either yes or no. Then um, in what circumstance? And then there would be a list of categories, right? Mm -hmm. At work. Um, I don't know, at the beach, on vacation, um, whatever, Twitter. It's, it, there would be a list of possibles because what this study did, and you accurately pointed it out, is that pretty much anybody who's emotionally cheated and owns a Twitter account is going to put those two together yeah. because they're together in the question. 
And so that's that's number one for me is that um, we all basic survey takers know how to ask relatively unbiased questions. And this is a totally biased question. The second thing is, no, of course they didn't ask about positive results. Steve, the, whoever was writing this, was much more interested in negative outcomes. They weren't really interested in positive outcomes. And yet we all know that there are many positive outcomes from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those, LinkedIn, etc. Because mostly people do share positive things or they share factual things. Pick up the kids. You know, love you, dear. Glad to see you tonight. Whatever. But, you know, they, they share quotes. I get quotes all the time. I love it. Um, lots and lots of positive stuff happens on Twitter. But why in the world would this re particular researcher ask that when that wasn't their interest? Yeah. Frankly? I, I mean, I know I have um, and my spouse and I have both exchanged uh, many pleasantries uh, on, uh, you know, publicly on social media, either praising the other person or point, you know, and, and it makes us feel good. I mean, honestly, I feel like it's helped because we live busy lives. We both um, have tons of stuff going on. And so when we can't always sit down next to each other and have a conversation or congratulate the other person, I can I can do it on Facebook. I can, I can do it on Twitter. And my spouse feels great about it. And as we've talked about in the past, uh, you know, if you want to make your spouse feel really good, uh, the next time you're standing in a crowd, uh, say something nice about your spouse where they can hear you talk about them positively. To somebody else. To somebody else. Exactly. To somebody else. Exactly. What do you yep. think social networks are? It's you doing that exact thing. Absolutely makes people feel great. Great. Yes. So we're back. We're back to this, the very first issue that we brought up, Steve, which is all well, depends on how you use it. Yes, you exactly. Know, you can you can use going to the market as a place to emotionally cheat on your spouse, mm -hmm. or you can use going to the market as a way to you know get food for your family. It all depends on how you use it. And this study was really creating a very severely narrow channel to force the outcome yeah um okay so we know it can and and again i i, I want to point out that just like any tool with this kind of great power um it i mean twitter and and i know people are going to feel like this may be a bit of hyperbole but it's really not like twitter did help <laughs> some of the revolutions that have ta taken place um, a, a, a across the world. So it can have a very powerful impact, um, but it can also have these positive impacts. So uh, do you have a rule or two about using social media for those who may have seen headlines and they're a little afraid? You know, it may not even be Twitter. It, it could be Facebook or Pinterest or Tumblr whatever. or Instagram or whatever. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, I think that there's two parts to, to my answer, if I may. And the first is um, just because a study has been published doesn't mean that it is valid. And really, all it takes is a little bit of common sense. You don't have to be another scientist to kind of look at that and think about it in your head and, and you know, not necessarily take everything that comes out in the media for granted as being God's truth. Um, there may be partial truth in there, you know. Um, I'm sure that Twitter can facilitate uh, emotional cheating or any other kind of cheating, but then so do 
uh, cell phones and, you know, walking down the street. So you got to use your common sense. That's number one. And not just run to accept whatever you happen to read in the media. Uh, that's how urban legends start, you know. Yes. <laughs> we, we leave our common sense at home and, oh, my God, there really are werewolves in the streets of London. Um, and the second thing is any activity uh, – I don't care whether it's reading or windsurfing or tweeting or whatever. Any activity that you find takes away from face-to-face, for lack of a better word, quality time with your significant other is going to cause problems in your relationship. So you've got to, you've got to think for a moment. Okay, am I, who is my significant other? Is my significant other my jogging buddies, um, Facebook, or my wife? Mm-hmm. You, you just have to sit with yourself for a moment and kind of get what is called in the work world a work-life balance. In other words, a Facebook life balance or a Twitter, twi- uh, Twitter life balance, whatever. Yeah. You, life is, is a balancing act. And the best thing to remit to do when you're faced with any of this kind of stuff is just ask yourself, am I balancing this stuff? Am I putting the majority of my attention and my devotion and my positivity and my optimism um, on my marriage with my spouse? Or am I sticking it over here where, yeah. honestly, it's just kind of amusing me or distracting me? So th- those would be the, if you will, the guidelines that I would suggest. And it comes down to common sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting on the couch next to your spouse and you're both on your smartphones or <laughs> laptops tweeting at other people and you're feeling disconnected, uh, maybe it is a problem. Maybe maybe you do need to exactly. close the laptop or shut the phone down a little bit. Um, yeah. Yes. You know, I- when television first became you're, – you're- most of our listeners can be far too young to remember this, but there wasn't an era when there wasn't television in every household. And when it did become, you know, everybody had a TV, uh, everybody was saying how television is going to be the decline of the American marriage because people were just glued to the boob tube. Well, you know, we kind of figured it out and there's a balance. And at the time, okay, it was TV. Now it's smartphones or Twitter or whatever. There's always, if you will, distractions. And the important thing is to stop and ask yourself, What's more important here? You know, it's 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 so interesting. So I um, we oh God several years ago, uh, we discussed a book. Um, we as in Hitched discussed a book. This this guy went around and he interviewed couples uh, about their bedroom habits, and um, and it, it, he studied. I want to say a couple hundred couples, um, and finding out what worked, what didn't work, that kind of a thing. Uh, we haven't, there's an interview somewhere on our website about this. Anyways, uh, one of the things that he found was if you want to keep, um, the, 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 the good vibes going in the bedroom to to not have a TV in there. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and not that again, it's like, it's not that a TV is inherently bad. It's that, uh, people have a hard time with that balance when there's a TV in their bedroom. And I know I don't keep a TV in my bedroom. And now that social media and everything else, um, I don't bring my laptop into my bedroom. I don't bring my, uh, you know, with rare exception, do I even have my phone? I, I specifically have my phone charger in another room so that when I plug my phone in at night, it's not next to me uh, because I don't want those electronic distractions um, in that sacred room of ours. So. Um, I think I think that's very smart. It's you know sometimes I think it's it's knowing um, 
where you may struggle that can help sometimes. And Absolutely. I, and I know my own personality that if I have the tools in front of me to get something done, I'm going to get something done. So I get rid of those tools. <laughs> I guess that's the easiest way. And if I had a TV, I would, you know, I would probably stay up and watch TV in my room uh, or play video games or whatever it else I was there to do. So, um, well, I'm really glad that, uh, we had the opportunity to talk about this because I, I told you this off air too, Noel. It really, I, so I'm a tech guy. Um, I, for those who don't know, um, I got my start in publishing, working for business publications, and I was a technology editor. Um, and so when people uh, really push the fear of technology onto other people, um, it's really naivete that is. The problem. It's not that people are dumb. It's not that people don't uh, get this stuff. It's that they just don't know about it. And so when other people push this like fear mongering tactics that Twitter is going to ruin your relationship or Facebook is bad for you or all these other things, um, and you know if it's valid, that's fine. But when it's based on un- not truths uh, and and shoddy stuff like this, it really it really makes me upset. And so I was telling Noel off air. I was house sitting for my parents who aren't aren't really that old. Um but uh the, you know they're obviously old enough and uh they so I was house sitting for them and somebody called and I picked up the phone and it was uh, long story short they were uh trying to scam them about their computers and trying to get them to go onto their computer. Uh this person was presenting themselves as a as a like a service technician for a computer company uh, trying to get them to go onto their computer and fix this outgoing signal that was coming from their computer. Uh, and they wanted them to go onto their keyboard and punch some keys. And it made me so angry. And uh, so I, I basically let this guy know what I thought of him and the tactics that he was using. And he tried to rebut me a couple times. Uh, and eventually when he knew that I had him and he had called the wrong person and I had told him to never call that house again and not try to scam people that, you know, he was a terrible person for doing these things. And I will say I was somewhat polite in, in my, <laughs> my conversation with him. Um, he then eventually hung up on me because he was, he knew he was not going to, uh, hack into their computers, uh, with that simple phone call. So, um, I think what you pointed out earlier, though, Noel, is uh, use your common sense. And I think that goes a yep. really long way because you don't have to know anything about computers to 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 use some common sense to prevent some of these things. Uh, and that was the thing. Like why would – like for example, this person told me that he represented Apple and Microsoft. Now common sense would tell you that – one individual would probably not be collecting paychecks from these two major companies that are uh, battling each other in the free market, right? So uh, right then and there, you would probably assume that something's not right. Um, so a little bit of common sense goes a long way. Uh, if, if And so I, I think that will uh, – you know, I'll, I'll, I'll wind it down here, but I, I would like to hear from you guys. If you have positive or negative stories, you know, we don't want to be biased and portraying everything as all 
sunshine and rainbows here. So if you have negative stories, we want to hear them. But if you have some positive stories, we'd like to hear those too. And if, in particular, you have some tips or tricks about how you and your spouse use social media to stay connected or that something has happened on social media that has make, made you feel good, let us know about it. We're, we're always uh, looking for those stories and would love to share those stories. And if you have the tips, we'll pass those along to other readers and maybe they can uh, incorporate those into their daily social media use as well. So um, there's, a, there's an email button on our podcast page. And of course, uh, you can find us on all the social networks. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Google Google Plus, uh, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you name it. Uh, Noelle is on all these platforms, uh, at Dr. Noelle Nelson. She's on Google Plus. She's on Facebook. Um, and uh, and speaking of which, Noelle has uh, a new book out. It's uh, Got a Bad Boss, Work That Boss to Get What You Want at Work. Uh, it is available on Kindle readers, and so with all your fancy smartphones, uh, when you're in between tweeting, uh, you can download it for your Kindle uh, app, which will be free. The Kindle app is free. Um, it's a fantastic book. She also has another Kindle book, Make More Money by Making Your Employees Happy, uh, which is a, a, a great book as well. Um, if you're looking for something in the relationship vein, your Man is Wonderful is uh, her most recent relationship book. Um, and again, it, you know, if you've never read any of Noelle's books, I highly recommend it. Um, it they're, they, they just have tons of like really great, actionable information uh, that I, I just find really helpful. Um, and if you've ever read any of her stuff on, on our website, you know how great this information is. So uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, let us know what you think. Um, if you like this podcast, if you find it helpful, if you find it useful, if you have friends or family um, who you think would also enjoy listening to this, uh, let them know first and foremost. But also leave a rating at the, uh, on iTunes or Stitcher or leave a comment. And what that does is it helps us show up when people are listening to podcasts that, oh, this is something that you might like because the more people that like our stuff – uh, the more this shows up for other people too, so it's it's a way to support the show. Um, so if, if if you're so inclined, we really appreciate it. Um, but I think for now, Noel, I think that is going to do it. So unless you had anything to add, I'm going to wrap it up here. No, I think we we did um, <laughs> we did just fine with this one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, that is going to do it for us this week, everybody. So thank you very much. Have a great week. And uh, one last time, thanks, Noel. Thank you, Steve. All right. Take care, everybody. Tonight.